postpartum OCD is so complex and it happens a lot. And it's very scary when it does happen because of the level of the intrusive thoughts. And it's exactly what you just shared. So for someone listening who's like, I don't know what intrusive thoughts are. Intrusive thoughts are these thoughts get stuck in your head about something horrible happening essentially to you, your baby, a family member, your partner. They're really hard to shake and they're oftentimes quite vivid. Hey guys, it's Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. Welcome, everyone. Hello, hello. Hello. I'm so excited. We're talking about something that I feel like we talk about sometimes on here, but... um, not enough, I would say. Uh, postpartum struggles. Yeah, postpartum is hard. It is. Nobody warns you, you know. It, yes, I don't think you're ever prepared, especially that first time when you become a new mom for postpartum. I mean, the men- the mental, emotional, physical changes that happen. Oh yeah, and then you're like. And then they're like, here's a newborn to take care of, a person who's never been in the world before. Good luck. <laughs> right. I know. It's so crazy. You think that like we would all know all of that information, but you just sit in the hospital and they give you a child to take home and you're like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Congrat- I'm supposed to just take this baby home like, but by myself? Congratulations. You're not coming with me? Right. <laughs> Congratulations. I know. <laughs> My chair, sorry, my chair is like squeaking today. I don't know. It's I don't like hear- squeaking in here. Okay, great. I don't hear it. But it's interesting because I was at the beach. I was talking to a new mom. She just had a baby, what, like four months ago, five months ago. Is that right? Something like that. And um, I was asking her, you know, how are you doing? And she's like, it's really hard. You know, and I feel like that is probably the most common answer. It's really hard. Totally worth it. Really hard. You know? Yeah. And yeah, so we just started kind of getting into it. I was like, what are you struggling with? You know, and I was like, yes, that is so calm. You know, and I like, not like I'm an expert, but I was saying like, we talk on our podcast all the time about how, just how difficult motherhood is. And, you know, I mean, pregnancy is hard. Fertility is hard in general. Having a, a baby inside you is hard. All the things are hard. And then it comes out and it's just still hard. <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> You know what, though? Good for her to actually be able to, like, say those words out loud. You know, because there is so much mom shame and pressure from society to be, like, like, we're just supposed to have this innate thing of knowing just how to do everything after a baby is born. And good for her to be able to say to you, like... I'm having a hard time. Like there, yeah. I, I love it, but I'm also having struggles or, or what, you know, or, or whatever it may be. Because a lot of the times I feel like we always have to put on this face that like, oh, you know, I love my baby so much, you know, like everything's so good and we can love our babies and also be struggling. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, so we have Dima Sufan, but she's a professional counselor. She specializes in helping pregnant women and mothers. We have a ton of questions for her, and I hope that we can give you guys who are struggling maybe a little bit of a peace of mind. And also, uh, for those of you who maybe are pregnant right now and you don't know 
a lot about postpartum, maybe this will help you navigate a little bit easier as well. She's amazing. I did a partnership with Tommy Tippy, and we did this live event called Spill the Milk and it was about postpartum and it was me and Dima. We got to talk to each other and from her professional perspective and then my personal perspective. So I've gotten to know Dima a little bit and she is just so relatable. She has such a heart for postpartum mommies. And so I feel like this episode is going to be really special. And um, I wanted to ask you, Carly, what do you think was like for you, what was the hardest part postpartum? I know like it's always different each like after you have a baby because each baby is so different and each situation is so different. But um, my gosh, I don't know a lot. All of it. (laughs) All of it. I mean, it's just, I wouldn't say there's this one specific thing. I mean, it's kind of weird because you're like, you know, you're not sleeping. The not sleeping really affects you. But then like the bleeding is crazy. I didn't know that like with Bella, I think I've talked about this before probably a million times, but um, my bladder was super weird. So I would right after I had Bella, I'd like lean over and my entire bladder would empty into my pad like there was it would just come out. And so I couldn't control it at all. So I was wondering like if that is is that going to happen the rest of my life? You know, and I feel like most women are like this. I am just one of those people who I always think I'm fine. I'm fine. I can do it. I'm fine. I mean, even like going to the hospital a couple of months ago, like I was like, I can power through. I'm fine. But then like I couldn't power through. But I feel like it was kind of that same situation where, you know, you bleed for a month, a little bit longer than a month. The moment that I'd kind of stopped bleeding, all of a sudden I'd be like, oh yeah, I can do all these things, you know, and pick up all these things and start living my normal life. And then I'd start bleeding really bad again. So I think just thinking I was okay and not being okay was something that was like the hardest for me. Not giving yourself the rest your body needed probably. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Did you have baby blues at all? I think I, no, I think I got those more later on. Also, it's just been a weird year for me, I think, in general. So when I think maybe I started getting those more when I had, like, the kids full-time by myself. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is really hard. Not in, like, a I don't want to be a mom way, but, like, there are days that I can't mom, <laughs> you know, but not really at, right after. No, I mean, but that makes that makes sense, like – you went through something so like, you know, huge life transformation and something that not only affected you, but your family unit. So that's right. a big thing that makes so much, makes so much sense that you would have some hard times. Yeah. So that was probably the most for me. What about for you? I definitely think I had baby blues with Emmy and Brooks and just like where it was like, well, with Emmy, like the teary um just like overwhelming feelings but also do you remember like that first like four or five days after you have a baby you're just kind of like on baby high and you Mm. feel you know like it's almost like the adrenaline is still going and you feel like you're kind of on top of the world and you have like this yeah you just have all this love and this baby and then the tired hits in and the adrenaline wears off and then like day four or five you're like oh my God, I got hit by a ton of bricks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I definitely remember that feeling. Yeah. And then with Brooks, it was so different because it was so 
I would just say like it just like catapulted me straight into a whole different level of just I mean I went straight into like birth trauma PTSD so right it was very very different but for for Reed it was just mostly like you said like the sleep deprivation and makes you like crazy it does it really messes with you mentally um I'm still sleep deprived (laughs) I'm sure you are Reed is 10 months almost 10 months and I'm still sleep deprived and I feel it all the time I I oftentimes ask myself am I crazy but it's just my brain (laughs) my brain (laughs) is not computing it's like not reading the, the information being sent to it but I mean I'm excited to talk to Dima because postpartum mental health issues are very common and Mm -hmm. I feel like they can feel so isolating, but I think it's like 20% of women um, have postpartum depression and that's huge. That's huge. So I, I think it's just so great to like continue to talk about these subjects and normalize them and tell people there are resources and there is help out there. Because when I had postpartum depression with Brooks, I felt like I felt so alone. I didn't know how to ask for help. And I kept thinking every day, I'm like, just one more week and I'll get better. Just one more week and I'll get better. And a week would go by and a week would go by and I wasn't better. And so it was like, looking back, I wish I would have just like, just gotten help you know yeah I learned the hard way yeah I feel like mine was more like physical yeah yeah Mm -hmm. I mean I definitely had mental but it wasn't it wasn't as I was so I feel like I was so con like my back from Bella I still have back I'm still having back problems today like I went to the doctor a few months ago for back issues and that started literally I had Bella and then I had back problems. So I think I've always just been like, oh my God, this hurts. And like my brain went there. Yeah. My phone is blowing up right now. (laughs) Trying to do taxes and it's really stressful. And now there's all these login codes happening and I just don't even, I'm, I'm podcasting. I can't. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. I'm excited today because I do feel like Dima will like be able to give us some real insight on um, kind of how to navigate all of it better than yeah. we knew how. For sure. Before we get her on, what else, what's going on in your life? What's new besides taxes? Tax, I, <laughs> God, I hate taxes. I know most people do their taxes, uh, you know, like when you're supposed to, but that did not happen. Gosh, Life is like, I feel like very um, crazy. I just feel like there's like bit, I've been, uh, we went to the beach. I went to Arizona to finish doing music stuff. And yeah, I just, that, I mean, that was all super fun, but I just kind of haven't stopped. Like I came home from a week trip and then left like two, the two days later to go to the beach for a week and then got back. And then I'm trying to like catch up on all the things. And then Evan had the kids last weekend, but I literally spent it doing like working one of the days and then cleaning the entire other Mm. day because I cleaned my own house. I did decide, I did think the other day that it's really sad that I should be spending like the two days that I get to my, well, I get like, Evan picks him up Friday night and then he brings him back like Sunday at like some usually like one. But I spend so much of that time 
cleaning or working. And I'm like, that's so sad. The time that I have to just be like, self-care is important. And I'm like, just constantly, like I, I cleaned the house from like 9 a.m. to like four the other day. Dang, girl. I stopped to take a quick trip to the grocery store and made a quick sandwich and like kept going. Like it was nuts. Good for you, though. Sometimes when you get in that mode, you just have to take advantage of it. When you're in the cleaning zone, you just got to go. It was like, I there's no, you know, I mean, it's so, it's a dumb thing to say, but like the, if it doesn't get done, like nobody else is going to do it. I just, it's just me. You know what I mean? So like my kids aren't going to clean it and I hate what I've noticed since living on my own that I, I mean, I feel like everybody feels like this, but I feel way better mentally when my house is organized and clean oh one thousand percent especially even just like my bathroom if my bathroom can like look nice and the shower's clean and even like washing like the the windows on the shower just to make them clean like that just does so much for me but I walk you know I clean the whole downstairs and then I went upstairs to change the kids beds and it was just a disaster zone and I hadn't been up there in like you know two weeks and I've just almost started crying I was like I've spent the last five hours cleaning downstairs and now I come up to this. And then I had that moment where I was like, that's okay. One room at a time. And I was like, you just got to do it. Like it was almost like my brain was just like, it's going to be okay. Once it's done, you won't have to do it again for like a day (laughs) until the kids come back. But I mostly just been crazed, but good, but like crazed. (laughs) like nothing was actually relaxing a beach isn't relaxing with toddlers right a trip yes by myself to Arizona was fun but it wasn't relaxing because I was working the whole time but like good work it's like a hobby I guess but yeah it's work you can call it work I feel insane a little feel a little insane and then trying to figure out where to put Amazon live streams in between there I do feel like we're all busier than ever right now why is that? Like work-wise. Even- I don't know. I feel like I can't keep on top of anything either. I do feel like at least like I'm sort of jealous that you're able to clean right now because our laundry, our dryer isn't working. So we Oh, a, no. We haven't had a dryer for a month. And I just don't have – I just feel for every parent who actually has to take their kids to the laundromat because like I just can't imagine trying to take all three of my kids to the the laundry mat right now so we are just like down to the nitty-gritty of clean clothes it's just we're I'm like putting read and almost like two either too big or too small of clothes that are like old hammy-downs of Brooks's right now (laughs) gotta do what you gotta do Uh, yeah oh man I remember the days of living in New York City and going to the laundry about that's just hard in general that's hard with yourself Can you imagine bringing your kids I no, mean I know some people all- do it but yeah. I just- oh yeah so yeah. I mean if you have to wash your clothes you don't have a wash and dryer you have to what else are you gonna do but yeah no that and it's also just really hot that's very hot in there but no that, I mean that is that is not fun so are you liking your new house even though it's obviously having problems yes I do like it we it doesn't quite feel like home yet because we have a lot of things we still need to do. We need to buy some different furniture and things that actually fit into this home because it's different. Um, but our landscaping isn't done. So there's workers here. There's like landscape workers here every day. Mm. So once all that's done, it'll feel actually like less invaded yeah, and yeah, yeah. a little bit more just like our place and 
it'll feel really nice. But I do love it here. Do you remember that time we were doing that FabFitFun video shoot and there were those workers like working on the pool or something? Oh my gosh, so yes. They were like, can you just please be quiet for like five minutes? I feel like you always have workers at your houses. Like yeah. no one is ever at my house. Oh, I guess that's just because it's new it's construction. Guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. It's so funny. That was a funny day. Oh, <laughs> I warned them. I was like, hey, there's construction workers at my house, but they didn't care. No, they just need, we just needed somewhere to be. Well, that's good that you like it. Do you like your neighborhood? Mm-hmm. It's only like nine houses or nine lots. So currently, actually, there's just three houses back here. So. Oh, wow. But there's a, I think one, two, three, there's going to be three being built soon. Cool. But it's nice. It's just really quiet. There's deer in my yard or backyard and it just feels so peaceful. I remember when you used to have deer at your one house outside your yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was nice. I don't have that anymore. I have I'm spiders. <laughs> <Is that it>? <laughs> <laughs> we have spiders too. We have all sorts of creatures. Ooh, I, I think, hate spiders. Did you see the um, Instagram story of the baby scorpion in Emmy's toilet? No. You didn't see that? Yeah, she no. had a dead baby scorpion in her toilet oh great yeah so we wow. we got we had our house sprayed so hopefully my guy helps. comes next thursday he hasn't been here in a while there's lots of spiders i got like a new bug spray and the other day i was like trying to kill bugs charlie calls everything a bee bugs he calls bees everything <laughs> and so i was trying to kill i was like oh like, just really trying to kill the, the spider and he's like bee 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 i was like stop it it's not a bee it's a spider. I'm trying to kill it. I'm like that person that tries not to kill spiders, but I totally get why people who hate them do it. It was like inside the patio. Like, I don't care if they're like outside the patio or whatever, but there's this one that just like builds these huge web nesty things. And I just like, I can't deal it. They're the webs are like everywhere now. And I'm like, I can't deal with this anymore. Like, yeah, you know, not inside, not inside. <laughs> Go outside and do it and you're fine. I will not get you out there, but not like walking through the doorway. I don't need a spider on my face. I just don't, you know, that's where I draw the line. It was in the doorway. (laughs) I think we should take a little break. And when we come back, we can have Dima on to talk about postpartum. Sounds good. Hello, Dima. Hi guys, how are you? Hi. We're so excited that you're here. Thank you for coming on. Are you kidding me? No, this is great. I'm excited. We were just talking before you came on here about how when you're in the hospital and someone hands you a baby, you just literally have like no idea what's in store for you. We're just hoping that you can, like we said that we didn't go through postpartum the best way. We didn't have all of the information, which no one ever is going to have all the information. Yeah, yeah. We're excited you're here to help us through that and and give the new group of people going through some uh, some advice on how to kind of navigate that better than I think we did because we didn't do it the greatest way. I know. I mean, I don't think anyone like does it. How I mean, how do you do it well? Like it's literally what I do and I look back on both of my experiences and I'm like, there's a lot of moments that feel super cringeworthy. I think the biggest thing is we just don't prepare moms. And I don't know if that's because we're afraid to like scare them and tell them like what's to come. I don't know if people just don't really care enough to is like the other piece of it. There's like a mom compassion fatigue where it's like, 
I went through it. So sorry, like buckle up. You're going to hmm. get on this roller coaster too type of thing. Yeah. Also, there's no one following up on us. So like, you know, the OB is there to deliver your baby and the pediatrician's there for baby. And you're just kind of off on your own aside from a so check-in. True. Mm-hmm. So there's no one to even like ask questions to and um, moms never really know where to turn to. So I think it's, first of all, it's super important knowing that there are so many resources, like so many resources available to moms, not just new moms, second time moms, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and they're catered to you, right? So like the first problem is I think a lot of people don't know even where to begin looking or they're too yeah. afraid to ask for help. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you for sure that, you know? Yeah. Oh, completely. That's what I was telling Carly after I, I had Brooks and I went through postpartum depression. I didn't even know how to ask for help and I didn't know where to go, who to turn to, what, what resources I had available, even talking about how like moms aren't thought of after a baby is born. Really? You know, we're just sent out into the world to take care of a baby. I, after Brooks, I missed my six week appointment because I knew I couldn't look at my doctor and say I was okay. And they never checked up with me. I want to say it's crazy, but I'm 14 months postpartum and I never went back after I delivered my daughter. And I just keep thinking like, you saw me over 40 times and you didn't think to have someone reach out and say, where have you been? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm, this is my field. So I'm like even more hurt. And I'm like, how can I look mothers in the eye and say, we care, we care so much about you. Like, please access us when clinicians are part of the medical field. So I can totally understand that aversion of, I don't even want to look at anything to do with this, but uh, we let moms down time and time again, and it, it keeps happening. Um, and it can feel so scary to reach out. You might not feel ready. You might not know what to expect. I think a lot of the fear is, well, if I reach out and it's not enough and I still feel this way, well, then that means I'm the problem and I'm a bad mom. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. avoid it and just keep doing yeah. what I'm doing because we do it, you know, like we're here, we're taking care of our babies. Okay. So let's say you have a baby and you're struggling mentally. How do you know, you know, Jade's like when, when I was struggling from postpartum depression, how do you know, like you have postpartum depression or maybe you have baby blues or are they all the same? Or like, what, what is the categories there? Yeah, no, I love that you asked that. So it's pretty straightforward. The first three weeks after you deliver that baby, we're looking at baby blues and up to 80% of parents experience baby blues, super common. Doesn't mean it's not distressing, but I mm-hmm. think again, like name it to tame it. If you know to expect that, it won't feel as distressing or like, what is the matter with me when it's uh-huh. deep, you can't stop crying, right? Right. We consider like perinatal mood disorders, postpartum depression, anything that comes after that three week mark for okay. the most part. Of course, you're going to have like outliers, but it's really such a like spectrum of things, right? The most severe things we kind of look at with postpartum depression is that difficulty bonding with baby. And that's the one that gets addressed the least because it has the biggest stigma attached. So thinking about reaching out for help and saying, I'm looking at this baby and I know it came from me, but not too much is happening for me. That's really scary to admit, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Further down the spectrum, right? But it is a spectrum. So it's it's feeling overwhelmed the majority of the time. It's feeling super anxious, difficulty being away from baby, right? To the point where you can't go to the store. More intense bouts of crying, intense feelings of sadness, shame, all of these notions. 
when we talk about how do I know if this is me, it really comes down to like, what feels distressing for you? Like if it's distressing, reach out for help because by the time moms come to me, they're usually in a bad spot because mm-hmm. we're not doing preventative care. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what feels distressing for you? I don't care what it looks like for your best friend or for your neighbor. If this is hard for you, you don't have to leave yourself drowning, like waiting for someone to toss you that life jacket, you know, but it's really hard to do that, I think. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Isn't it like, tw- what's the percentage is like 20% of women have a, what do you call it, post? I don't know what the correct mood word disorder. would be. Yeah, yeah, a perinatal mood disorder. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the stats are so hard to lock down. It, it's likely a lot more than 20%, but this is of what's being reported, right? Mm, so yeah. it's, it's who is coming and being diagnosed. We know so many parents out there aren't even reaching out for help. So that makes it even harder to lock down those numbers. But it's, it's at least 20%, you know, which is yeah. that's an alarming rate when we think about there's millions and billions of parents, you know. Especially during a pandemic, because that's heightened everybody's stress levels. So I'm at, like, I mean, I've had a pandemic baby, just having a baby during this time, which is even more isolating, more anxiety around the health of your and safety of your loved ones. So I can't even imagine what the numbers are during this time. No, it's increased a lot. And then this is the problem, right? So like my tips and tricks I usually have <laughs> for parents and for moms, we can't rely on now, which is mm-hmm. really especially the start of the pandemic, bringing in a lot of help because that's what we need, right? And we know moms aren't asking for it. Well, it's difficult to pinpoint that when you're like, I don't know how safe I feel doing that right now. That's valid, right? Like we can't say that's an anxious thought when you're in the middle of a pandemic. Right. So we've left parents alone and we tell them just deal with it because people are dying. So your acuity has been bumped down, but your distress hasn't, which is horrible, you know? So yeah. how do we begin to help that issue where do we where do we even start then obviously asking for help or knowing that you need it and or trying what to are, find someone what are your recommended tips right now for somebody who's listening who may be like I need to like get help or I think you know I need support like where can I start like lifting myself up there are plenty of ways and if um anything semi-good has come out of the pandemic is that we've reshaped a lot of how we do therapy. And now telehealth is pretty Mm -hmm. widely available across Mm -hmm. the United States. Like your major insurance plans are covering telehealth. I remember when I had my son, I kept thinking, I'm a therapist and I was dying to go to therapy myself, but I couldn't because I had no one to watch him because we're living in California. We didn't have any family and I was too anxious to leave him. So I didn't get any help. And I'm like, this is, if anyone knew, like I, I would feel mortified sharing. I'm a therapist and I want to get into therapy and I can't. It's completely different now because it's, the majority of it is done from the comfort of your own home. So you don't have to worry about, I'm too anxious to leave my baby or I can't afford to pay a babysitter to watch my baby while I go to therapy for an hour and a half. I'm breastfeeding. So that means I have to pump or my baby's not taking a bottle. I can't think about these things. I'm just not going to do it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two major search on psychology today is like your Google for therapists. Like that's a really great place to look. And then postpartum support international, their directories are just providers that specialize in parents, perinatal mood disorders, filtering down, like, what do you need and how can I access it? Support groups, but really the social support from what we've seen aside in research, aside from getting help clinically is what's going to lift you up. But that's sometimes the hardest thing to access, especially again, right now when, 
you don't know how comfortable you feel being around people or like, I don't even know where to make mom friends or you're ashamed to share these thoughts that you're having, you know? Totally. question for you like personally for myself (laughs) Um, because I'm somebody who's had a history of anxiety and I had what was diagnosed as dysthymic depression when I was a teenager so I am someone who's at risk a higher risk for maternal mental health disorders I had what I probably would say was undiagnosed postpartum anxiety with Emerson. And then I had postpartum depression and PTSD from my birth with Brooks. But I feel like this time around, I've done really good mentally with my health, but I feel like I have what maybe I would consider postpartum OCD. But when I think of OCD, I think of like you know, like what you see on MTV, true life, you know, and it's these people who have to like turn the light off 30 times before they go to bed. But it's, it's more like intrusive thoughts and like harm. Like I worry constantly that like somebody in my family is going to die. Like it is like a thought in my head all the time. But can you like explain to me exactly what postpartum OCD is? Because I know there's a lot of women out there who are like, well, I don't have postpartum depression, but I have these other things going on. Jade, remind me how young is, um, how old is your youngest right now? He is uh, almost 10 months. Yeah. I'm asking because obviously I saw like that was difficult for you to share. And I was trying to remember, I'm like, I'm almost positive you're between the nine and the 12 month range postpartum. This is when actually when mothers are at the highest risk. And that's for a few reasons, hormones and situational stressors, et cetera. But another big contributor is people have stopped really reaching out at this point because they're like, her her baby's 10 months old. It's her third. She knows what she's doing. I'm, I'm not going to check in as much. We we pull back on that. Or you start to be much harder on yourself. Like, what what's wrong with me? I've been doing this now. I should have the hang of it. So right. we know that um, a lot of parents are at increased risk between months 9 to 12. Postpartum OCD is so complex and it happens a lot and it's very scary when it does happen because of the level of the intrusive thoughts and it's exactly what you just shared so for someone listening who's like i don't know what intrusive thoughts are intrusive thoughts are these thoughts that get stuck in your head about something horrible happening essentially to you um your your baby a, a family member your partner they're really hard to shake and they're oftentimes quite vivid it gets even more complex because we know that with OCD, we don't like to fuel it by saying like sharing with others because there's a chance that if you didn't have that intrusive thought, you will now. So it's just like nasty mm. secret you keep to yourself, right? And it happens so frequently. So there's moms that won't go down the stairs. There's moms that can't bathe their children. There's moms that stop driving because they're so anxious they're going to get into mm. a car accident. A lot of intrusive thoughts are even sexual in nature, which moms 100% won't share then. Like they'll be bathing their baby and they'll look at their baby's genitals and a a thought will pop up that feels violating to them. And I can't say that to anyone. They're going to think I'm a predator. That's not it at all. This is how intrusive thoughts take off Mm. around harm. Obviously sexually harming someone is harm as well. Doesn't mean you want to, it's an intrusive thought. The problem is we think, oh my God, get that thought out of my head right now. I'm going to avoid it. 
while when we avoid thinking about intrusive thoughts, we're picture a monster, you're just literally feeding it. So mm -hmm. there is a very specific and regimented treatment for it. Always recommend done with a therapist or a psychologist, of course, because everyone's intrusive thoughts look so different. There's a book I love called Good Moms Have Scary Thoughts, and it's done cartoon style. And it's, a, it's a, just a compilation of moms and all of the intrusive thoughts they've had um and it's done really well but it's also meant to normalize because it is normal just because it's normal doesn't mean you shouldn't get help for it though because it's so distressing like even as you were sharing it you got emotional because it's horrible to think about but you you don't need to suffer through it you know i cry on this podcast all the time i'm pretty sure when i did that spill thing with the edema i probably cried too um so bad. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> no, it's just like I never want it to feel invasive for you because you're you both of you are in the public eye so much already. No, it, I um, talk about these things all the time. So, <laughs> uh, no, I just like for me, it's just like it's almost like nice to hear those things too, you know, because it's like maybe I like needed to hear something like that. So. But. Well, I think it's really brave that you share things like this, Jade. And I think it's brave that you cry. And now I have peppermint in my eye because I was <laughs> – Oh, no. She's been, like, sniffing peppermint all day. She's had this, like, peppermint, like, <laughs> all over her. Uh, I woke up with we'll, a headache we'll this morning, so I had peppermint essential oil, and now I just rubbed it into my eye. But, yeah, no, I feel like that's one of the reasons why I love doing this podcast and why, like, I share what I share is because – I know how I feel, so I know there's other moms out there that feel the same way. So if we can just be in this together, it just makes it makes me feel better. I'm sure I hope it makes other people feel better. And then it's just so nice to have people like you who come on and who are able to like share resources so that moms can stop feeling like yeah. no nobody's listening, nobody cares about what we're experiencing, you know? I think a theme that comes up routinely in the moms that I work with um, is that they feel invisible is what it comes down to Yeah, because it's so easy to just feel like you're a vessel for whatever it is. Right. And that is a black hole to fall down. And again, because it's so common to be a mom, people don't feel so comfortable sharing um, how awful it can be because then you feel guilty. Right. I should be so thankful. Right. It doesn't yeah. mean that you don't love for your sure. children they're independent of one another right like it's completely mm -hmm. independent and i i don't think we give ourselves that credit of right. you can share you have stressors and are distressed over parenting that has nothing to do with your ability to parent or how much you love your children i think some of that for us has come up with like there's a lot of women that have you know fertility issues so when yeah. you do have a kid and you're complaining about it in a way, uh, then a few small minuscule amount of people coming back with this is it's very minuscule, but people have said like, you know, some people can't have kids. Yeah. And so then you feel so bad for even complaining. Or I know that I do whenever I complain, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't, I shouldn't do that because like some people can't have kids. And so I feel like a lot of that, for me personally comes from that. I'm always like, Oh my gosh, but, but I'm so lucky. Like the thought comes really fast, you know, cause I don't want to discredit 
how lucky we are, but yeah. I think um, we wouldn't, we wouldn't share a thing then. That's the problem, right? Mm -hmm. So then we could never complain about work, right? Because we should be thankful we have jobs. We can never complain about our partners because we should be thankful we're in a relationship. That's just not reality, right? You can love something and have a reaction towards it. Mm -hmm. And I think like, don't our children deserve to have that modeled for them? Because for my fears, they grow up feeling like they have to be robots, right? Like we're humans and we have emotion and we're reactive um, and we make mistakes and they will. We can't Mm -hmm. prevent that from happening. Our goal is maybe to reduce some of the distress around that, but we can't do that if it's not being modeled, right? If they're watching their parents be so um, afraid to make mistakes or share or be vulnerable, why would we expect our children then to do that? They can't, you know, it's nature and it's nurture, which is a lot of pressure. Is there like a most common struggle that women have postpartum? Like, is there one thing that you would say women come to you saying like, this is the hardest thing for me? Like Jade was asking me earlier, like, what was the hardest thing for you? And we were kind of going through that. Is there something that women say that, you know, the most? Two things popped to my, immediately I'm sleep was going off my head. Like the adjusting to the lack of sleep is, is so major. That one's more of a season, I say, right? Because yeah. typically it's a time-limited factor. Again, doesn't change how distressing it is. The biggest theme I would say that uh, comes up for um, the moms I see is the identity piece. Like mm-hmm. they're like, I went into the hospital, I had this baby and I came out, I don't know who I am. And that's not me. Totally. Right? And then thinking, am I ever going to get back to totally. her? And that is so distressing. And again, we're not really walking around sharing that because we don't want to be judged, you know, of, again, I should be so grateful for this role, or maybe you don't want to be seen that way that you've worked really hard for what you're doing and you don't just want to be mom, but we can't say that because we don't want to be judged. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I've been very judged for talking about how I love being a mom, but I'm more than a mom. Yeah. I kind of don't care. Cause like the part of me that excites me the most is like the part of me that's like, I have two halves kind of, you know, I have the mom and then I have this one over here, but if this one's not like excited and this one's not very excited. It's um the hardest thing ever because it's the one I think with the least preparation. Again, like people have different circumstances. Um, there's surprise pregnancies. There's the, you talked about infertility earlier. And I thought about this, like me thinking about the moms that I work with who struggle with perinatal mood disorders. The ones are, that are oftentimes hardest on themselves are the ones who experienced in issues with fertility because they're feeling horrible for now having all of these thoughts when they did so yeah, much to have this so much pain. sense. But yeah. again, that has nothing to do with one another. Right. And yeah. like, we've got to undo that stuff because we, again, we would never do anything in life then, or we wouldn't allow ourselves to have any feelings, right? Like the amount of work that you put in, <laughs> your babies don't care is what it comes down to. Right. Like this is the only area in our lives where we're not getting the feedback we're used to getting right at work. If you're doing mm-hmm. a good job, you'll hear about it in other places, et cetera. But your kids, they're not giving us feedback like that. So right. they don't know what it took. They don't care. All they know is mom loves me and she takes care of me. Right. right. We're not sharing these thoughts with our children. Not that you should not, right. There's a time and a place for everything, but they're seeing a version of you. This is why parenting is so hard because our kids are a mirror of us. Sometimes we don't like that reflection. It doesn't add up to who we thought we were. Hmm. Yeah. Right. But 
letting go of a lot of that like pressure to perform, I think is super cathartic. That is so true because when I think of how I parent my children and how I speak to them, I, I want to give them their per- permission to be human, to feel their feelings, to be themselves in the moment that they're in. But it's funny how it's so hard for me to give that to myself. We really, we don't. And I remind moms of that all the time. I know this isn't going to feel good to hear this feedback, but why would your child be doing any of this? You don't do any of it for you. Mm-hmm. And I want to live authentically. I don't want to feel like I'm wearing 50 different hats. Like I joke with my patients. I'm like, if you saw me on the street, I want to be the same person, you know, in this space. Right. I don't want to have to be one way in front of my kids and, you know, treat, treat them with all this love and kindness and be really nasty to myself. A lot of us are, it's on us to do that work though, not because our kids deserve it. Okay. We deserve it. And then they deserve that reflection of what we're doing for ourselves, you know? Mm -hmm. What would be your number one advice to new moms out there, Dima, just anyone who's listening who, or I guess, like you said, even like moms who are second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, just anyone out there who just might need some like words today. Um, you will feel better. That is the biggest thing that comes up in my sessions. They'll come in that first session, almost always crying. And they're so afraid they're never going to feel better. You will feel better. I promise you. Jade, I think we talked about this when we did that session up. I was looking at my four-month-old baby and I would just cry because I'm like, what have I done? I shouldn't have done this. And now she's going to pay the price because I wasn't ready. She has no idea. All she knows is that her mom loves her and takes care of her. And I'm feeling much better, right? Because you do feel better as time goes on. Not without help, though. You can't do it alone, and you don't have to do it alone. Think about what is keeping you from reaching out, whether that's reaching out clinically to a therapist, talking to your OB, uh, you know, talking to a psychiatrist about meds, talking to your best friend, your mom, your partner. What is the barrier there, right? And what's the function? Like, what is this serving you to not do it? Because we don't get an award. It's just like birthing a baby. We don't get a prize based off of did you use an epidural, did you not, et cetera. That baby just needs to come out. We need mom healthy, we need baby healthy. You don't get an award for grinning and bearing it. Like I joke all the time, I'm like, unless it's like dental work or a pap smear, you don't need to tolerate it. You know, just like, this is not what's gonna get you to the finish line here. There's no finish line in parenting. So what is preventing you from reaching out and how can we bridge that gap, right? But. People can't help you if they don't know what's going on. I put this back on us as individuals, though. We know our own experiences. So for those of you who had friends who've had a new baby or a baby within the last year, are you doing your job and are you reaching out to them? Are you checking in on them like you should? If you're thinking about this and it's making you a little self-conscious, the answer is no. That's okay. Reach out. Like Check in on your friends and see how they're doing. Send them a $5 Starbucks card so they can get themselves a coffee do what you wish someone would have done for you. Mm. Don't sit in that resentment and that anger of I had to do it alone. Yeah. Like they have no idea. They don't, but put that back on yourself. Like we can't help you if we don't know what you need. Right. But also as humans and as moms, you know how hard it is. So step up and try to help. 
it could literally like save someone's life. You know, like this is one of the biggest birth complications is perinatal mood disorders. There's moms who take their lives because they struggle with this immensely. We don't want that for anyone, you know? 100%. Well, thank you for sitting with us today, Dima, and talking about this and destigmatizing it and normalizing that so many women go through this postpartum. Where can everybody find you? I am on Instagram. It's um, PPDima, which is so cheesy. <laughs> Literally, I love it. Off of PPD, one of my friends came up with it. I was crying. Um, if you know me personally, I like to mess around. Not that postpartum depression is funny, but um, I think we have to be lighthearted. So I'm on Instagram. I'm at a private practice in Chicago, so far away from many of you, but I'm always happy to help put moms in touch with resources. Again, Psychology Today is your best friend for finding a therapist. It's basically like Google. You can filter it down to look for. Um, people who specialize in maternal mental health disorders, and then your insurance. There's a lot of resources. If you fall into the bucket of someone who's like financially, I can't swing that. There's so many free support groups that are all ran by super qualified and licensed um, clinicians. And reach out, just reach out for help. Talk to your friends, um, let someone know so they can help you and you'll be okay. Thank you. We really appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's Tell All. Also remember to follow us and catch up on old episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. Mm -hmm.